epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Danny Katz, and this edition... Of our podcast, I'll be joined by South Carolina head coach Frank Martin. We're going to talk about the recruiting calendar, his team, led by A.J. Lawson. They finished fourth in the SEC last season, didn't make the NCAA tournament in large part because of their non-conference, but I think they certainly could be in the in the mix to get a bid next season. And Frank, always opinionated, but I think he's on the right side of this topic of recruiting. I'm going to get to that in a moment here. I'm going to get on my soapbox. And then... Illinois' Brad Underwood, the Illini, are heading off to Italy later this year, uh, later this summer. Uh, they are, I think, at number 20 in my power, 36. Uh, they've been creeping up from my first one at 36 up to 20. Illinois is going to be a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament. They've added a lot of key pieces up front. We'll talk to Brad about that. They didn't get affected by the early entry, by transfers. And also, Brad Underwood's Illini... The campus, the athletic department, they're hosting one of the four college basketball academies that are going to occur next week at Illinois, Grand Canyon and Phoenix, UConn and Stores, and Houston. All right, so the recruiting calendar. Last weekend was the traditional Peach Jam and other events that were going on, and that was a weekend. We've talked about that before on this podcast. That was saved, Okay. That recruiting weekend was not going to occur under the original plan a year ago when off of the Rice Commission offshoot, the recruiting calendar was going to change. That's number one. So that came back. It happened. College coaches across the country were recruiting players. A lot of them down in the Peach Jam, which happens down in Augusta. So that got saved. Number two, June, we've talked about this as well. High school evaluation period players playing with their high school teams not every state got on board that will change everyone i've talked to loved it enjoyed it seeing players in their high school environment we're going to talk to two coaches coming up about that eventually other states will get on board like texas okay that was another add-on that was for everybody the nba top 100 players camp not for everybody but now coaches could go. The ability to go watch USA basketball, not for everybody, but coaches can go. I will keep saying this. Any coach that complains and A, does not put their name on a complaint and 
This has nothing to do with an article that Gary Parish wrote from CBS Sports, which is solid. I have no problem with him quoting coaches that, you know, that don't want to put their name on it. I'm disappointed in the coaches, not Gary for writing the story. I'm saying put your name on it. If you have a problem, put your name on it and work to change it. That's all. I really, it just bothers me when coaches don't put their name on it. Because here's the deal. The NABC, the Coach Association, didn't want coaches to criticize. There was a memo about that. And that's fine. But you know what? They have no power. Zero. Zero power. They can't fine you. Look, they don't even sanction you, censure you when there are violations. So if you came out and were critical of recruiting or the calendar, what have you, they can't do anything. So if you want to be critical, then say it with your name. Nothing is going to happen to you. Zero. Put your name on it. This is why I don't like it. This is why I want to see it change. This is why I'd like to see it get better. That is my pet peeve on those coaches who came out critical. It is not a perfect system. Okay? It can get better. Let's see how it all plays out. The other thing, the narrative, and I saw, you know, I think Andy Tool from Robert Morris was tweeting this about, you know, as I said, those other new events don't really do anything for them. And that's fine. Uh, the high school events, I think, ultimately will do well for the lower third of Division One. I. I want to see how the academies play out. And first of all, if a lot of the high-profile players aren't going to the academies, and that may happen this year, that benefits the lower third of Division One. Number two, you can't say that there are limiting opportunities for players because the scholarship level hasn't changed. Every school still gets 13. So at Robert Morris, you still got to fill those 13. Now, how you fill those 13, where you see those players has been tweaked. Does it mean you may have to work a little harder? You may have to rely more on film. You may have to rely more on word of mouth. You may have to go somewhere, possibly. We'll see all that plays out. And I get it. I went for years, decades to Las Vegas and all those side gyms, players that were not high-profile or players playing with a high-profile player. I get it. It was great. But there was an edict to change it. So it was out of their control in terms of that it, being, that it was going to be changed. What was in their control is they had a seat at the table. So they had a seat. You can't complain that you weren't heard because there was a seat. And you were heard because you got that weekend back this past week in Peach Jam. So you were heard. It was not 100% thrown at you, down your throat. You have no choice. That's not true. Secondly, the skill development that's going to supposedly go on at the academy and the life skills, which I think is critical. There's a lot of misinformation. So the guardian that's going there, learn about the process. Learn about the new rules, the ability to have an agent during the draft process. All these things, Pell, you know, whether it's Pell Grants, cost of attendance, all these kinds of informational things that are going to be available, that's critical to find out, okay? We'll see how that all plays out. And by the way, the fact that 
players are going to come together where they haven't played with each other. Yeah, so that's what used to happen. Five-star, ABCD, Nike. Al Skinner is going to be one of the four commissioners, the one at the, of these camps at UConn. He told me, and I agree with him, he wants to see how a player reacts to being suddenly in a new environment. How do you react having to learn quickly to play with someone new? These are good skills to evaluate. And this is not the only evaluation, okay, over the course of the year. What they've done here, high school, AU, and new group. Three different ways to evaluate a player. It's not perfect. It's different. But you know what? It's not the end of the world. Okay? Let's give it time. Let's see how it's tweaked. And any complaining, put your name on it. You're upset about it? Put your name on it. You want to change it? Put your name on it. Let's hear from you. How do you think change is going to happen if no one knows who you are? Okay? That's my soapbox moment for this week. Frank Martin... Brad Underwood, I want you to hear from them. They're the ones on the ground, okay? They're coming up next. Now joining me here, March Madness 365, South Carolina head coach Frank Martin. Uh, We are at the part of July recruiting uh, where there is essentially one evaluation period left. That'll be the NCAA College Basketball Academies. Uh, That'll be happening in four cities, four campuses, not this week, next week, uh, UConn, Illinois, Houston, and Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon being in Phoenix. So at this juncture, I want you, Frank, to just put some sanity in the conversation here because I've got some strong opinions on this. I know you do as well. So first, from the April to the June to the early July, how would you assess the recruiting slash evaluation calendar period so far I, I like it I, I mean it's uh it's been more time consuming everybody always wants to complain about how much you know coaches make in college basketball right now but uh, you know I hope some of those people would help me raise my family because uh, the calendar continues to pull us away from my family but but I liked it because uh, you know you, you you see guys last summer you evaluate them through their high school year then you go evaluate them again in uh, AAU tournaments uh, in the spring. Um, then you get to see them with their high school again in June. And then you get to see them again, uh, you know, when, when we're afforded the opportunity in July. So you get to see them in different environments so you can see their growth. And, and uh, where before, Andy, we couldn't see somebody um, with their high school team from basically February up until next November. You know, yeah, can you go to their high school in September to see them play open gym? Yeah, of course you can. But to see them actually in their structure and whatever, you didn't see that. And the one thing that uh, being able to see them with their high schools in June, it allows us to see, because you can't lie. Those are the guys you walk to school with, you take the bus, you eat lunch with, you live with. So you can't fake being a good teammate. And uh, so you're able to see some of that stuff. And it's different roles. Most of these kids under high school, they're the best player. So you get to see them as the best player on the team. All right. So a couple of things. First of all, you are in a leadership position for the coaches. And so you were involved 
in some of the discussion. And here's what really bothers me is, A, the anonymity of the, of the critics, okay? This is not a First Amendment issue. That's number one. No. Nope. First Amendment deals with the government. This is not a First Amendment issue. Anyone can say whatever they want, all right? Yep. Two, the NABC, even if they sent out a memo and said, hey, we'd rather you don't criticize it, it's the NABC that does not have, you know, the power to fine you, to really discipline you. So you still could say whatever you want and you're really not going to get in trouble. So I don't buy that either. Uh, so it bothers me when, you know, and, and there was an article that Gary Parrish wrote from CBS Sports and I'm not ripping Gary for writing this. I'm just saying it's the coaches who do the, you know, the anonymous. Okay. Cause I, I just, that bothers me because they were involved in the process. So help us go behind the scenes about from the coach's perspective you know, in terms of the involvement of the changes that we knew had to happen because they were basically, you know, everyone was told they're going to be changes. How involved were coaches in some form or fashion about uh, the kind of changes that have occurred this year? Yeah, it's uh, that's that's what's disappointing to me, Andy. It's to your point, and you know, folks in the media, journalists, not gossip writers on social media, people like yourself that are established journalists, you have the right to, to agree or disagree with whatever the NABC does, and you have the right to express that. And as coaches, the NABC has no jurisdiction over my career, none. And and um, uh, it's a volunteer kind of organization as far as trying to protect and continue to grow our profession. And we put in a lot of time. I've learned this over the last three years, like what people like Tubby Smith and, and Phil Martelli have done to make this profession better, the commitment that they do for free to make this profession better. And when I see, you know, journalists, because if you wrote something, Gary writes something and you quote people, I'd like to think you're not making it up. That's the kind of respect I have for journalists, that, that somebody actually said that to you. It's disappointing to me. Because the NABC, like to give you an example, not this year at the Final Four, the year before, where all these conversations were being had about what was coming. And we got 354 Division One coaches. I think we had 130 in attendance. So they don't show up. They don't come. Assistant coaches, there were, I think the number I was told was 80 at the assistant coaches meetings at the Final Four, where all these conversations were being had with all the coaches for ideas, for the pros, the cons, everything to be put on the table. And then we had a conference call, which I'm on every single month, not just with the board, open for everybody. I don't remember any coaches publicly criticizing this. Now with the board of directors, we argued stuff. We, we, the guys on that board, we argued stuff back and forth as to what we liked and didn't like and, and which way we should go. The bottom line is this. Four of my peers got put in jail. Something wasn't right with the way recruiting was going on. And change was coming. And it doesn't mean that the way it was changed right now is the way that it was going to maintain itself over the next four, five, six years. But change was coming because when my peers are getting put in jail, something's not right. And 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 the NABC agreed that some change needed to happen. And that's what we tried to do. So number one, they granted you access that we just discussed to high school teams in June, uh, something you didn't have before. So that's number one. You didn't have that before. Now you could argue that 
a lot of coaches didn't want to maybe go out in June because they didn't have to before, maybe with your team, family, what have you. Well, you got more recruiting team time evaluating high schools. Not every state did it, but I do think that will change because it takes time to get every state on board. Yep. Uh, I think there was like 29 out of the 50. So that will change. More states will come on board as they realize this is what they have to do. That's number one. Number two, access to the top 100 camp USA um, NBA Player Association. I get it. That's not for everyone, but it is something that you didn't have before, and now you can go. And I understand that you know lower third of Division One don't really care, and that's fine. Uh, although now they get to go see high schools when they didn't before. And before we get to this past week, the thing also that bothers me is this narrative that there's limited opportunities for players and you're going to prevent more players from getting scholarships. Last time I checked, Robert Morris, all these schools in the NEC, all these other conferences, they still have to fill 13 scholarships. So there aren't fewer scholarships. It just may mean that how the coaches find the players, evaluate, has just changed. Maybe they have to work a little harder. Maybe they have to go in different directions. But the number of scholarships and opportunities hasn't changed. What am I missing here? Well, you know, Andy, I, you're not missing anything. You're, you're, you're hitting the nail right in the head. That means – how about the foreign players? Because college basketball is filled with foreign guys. Do you really think that there's foreign AAU? The foreign kids don't play in the States in the summer for the most part. They're in their countries. Yet we're able to identify them and bring them over, and they play for our universities. And 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 here's to offset this whole narrative that, well, top 100 only benefits Power 5 guys. Okay, well, the camps that are getting the NCAA is putting on, which, by the way, Dan Gavitt, his group of people, the amount of work. The NCAA gets criticized for not doing things for kids. They are flipping the bill for every kid and their parents, both parents, to come to be a part of a productive session where parents are going to be educated on agents. They're going to be educated on the academics. Uh, they're going to be educated on all the different things that pertain to collegiate athletics. So that's an, that. I think that's powerful. Now, you know what's happening. Most of the kids that play for uh, that are good enough to be recruited power five either have chosen not to go or have been told not to go. So if I'm at Northeastern, like I was in summer 2000, the America East, I am being given the opportunity to go recruit kids at these camps. And guess what? Those kids realize that these schools aren't coming in to see them. So it makes recruiting real for the smaller schools. So I, I, I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win. I was completely against. I, I don't want to speak for the other coaches because it's not fair. I don't do that, but I'm willing to put my name on what I say. When we sat in the board meetings and the whole June evaluation period came up, I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I got young children. I need to raise my children. I need to be a husband and a father, not just a basketball coach. And the calendar continues to pull us away from our family. So I was completely against it. But after living June, I'm all for it. I thought it was a wonderful six days that allowed me to make serious evaluations. And it made the players that are playing in those games realize that certain schools might be calling, but they're not really recruiting them. Uh, you know, so as coaches, we got to do our jobs better. We have to watch more film and then evaluate on film and then get out of, you know, get out of bed and get in a car and drive somewhere and go see someone work out or play 
uh, between September and May. And, you know, and uh, like I've become a big advocate, Andy, we've got so many transfers. I think it's going to be over 900 this year that we need to extend the recruiting period instead of stopping it in April, extend it to Memorial Day so we can go into the high schools because we have to figure out a way to recruit more because there's so many more transfers in the spring. So this past week, the Peach Jam survived any cuts. And and people that are listening that follow the sport should understand, because I heard some of the conversations a year ago, that was gone. Like that came back. So you got something that you weren't going to have, which was this past sort of traditional weekend. Um, You mentioned the academies. And A, let's see how it all plays out in year one. And nothing is perfect in year one. It will get better. I think you're right that there have been, A, some coaches at the youth level who said don't go. There's also been, I think, some college coaches who have not recommended players because they want to protect and hide them. That kind of thing goes on. Uh, And we'll see if that long-term continues. Uh, you got to give these things a chance. There are quality former head coaches, you know, they just named the four sort of commissioners, Steve Lavin, Tim Miles, Gary Waters, Al Skinner. I know Pete Gillen's working a camp. I mean, so they've got plenty of high level former coaches working. So this is not just guys off the street. I mean, this is going to be good instruction. And the last thing, you know, we're in a similar age group here. It's not that long ago where ABCD in New Jersey Nike and Indianapolis were the two dominant parts of July. And those camps were essentially built on stations early and then games of players who came together for that camp. They weren't AAU teams at those camps. And yet those were the two places to be for everyone in the country, in New Jersey and in Indy. And yet, you know, a lot of these people that are criticizing forget that's what happened. You know, teams, and we'll see what happens next week, teams were put together right there. They played, and we had these great matchups, LeBron, Lenny Cook, and all these kinds of things uh, that just happened at these camps. They weren't teams that came there together. And everything was fine. People survived. People got recruited, and players played for certain teams. Am, am I right? Oh, home run. And think about this, Andy. At those camps, it was about 200 kids per camp. So that means it's a total of 400 kids. Uh, the NCAAs get ready to give exposure to thousands of kids. You know, it's it, it just I, I'm not telling you it's perfect. It's year one. Uh, but I'm not like everyone else that's trying to, you know, the NCAA gets attacked for a bunch of stuff. How about complimenting the fact that they were willing to open up their their, their checkbook and flip the bill to give so many kids an opportunity to go to a, a, such a, you know, a, an educational setting along with competing and the ability to to show college coaches that you can learn. And like a young coach, me working five-star, one of the most impactful things I've had in my life is seeing Hubie Brown, Pete Gill, and Rick Pitino, seeing those guys run a station as far as teaching the game. It made me understand that's how you work. And, uh, and that's, you know, and providing that opportunity with the coaches you named, to the parents, the players, everyone involved. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. And by the way, this past week, uh, for everyone says that only shoe companies, that's a, that's a lie. There were other events. There were not shoe company 
sponsored that was open for recruitment this weekend. Uh, they also opened the door to be able to recruit junior college guys this weekend, something that this past week that was something we didn't have in the past. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not perfect, but anyone that thought change wasn't coming and wanted to go back the other way, you know what, Andy, I don't want to see my peers get arrested anymore. That doesn't make any sense to me. All right, before I let you go, Frank, and I appreciate this, your team, AJ Lawson, is going to be one of the top guards in the country, let alone in the SEC. By the way, another Canadian, this Canadian invasion <laughs> yeah. uh, continues because uh, the Canadians are doing uh, you know, great work in the NBA, college basketball. What have you seen so far here in the offseason from AJ and some others, if you could please, uh, that have given you even more optimism about what could occur next season, especially at the beginning, because you guys had a great SEC but, you know, a little bit of a slow start, and that probably is what prevented you from getting into the tournament. Yeah, you were one of the few guys nationally uh, that, that gave us a, a positive outlook last year. And uh, uh, early on in the year, we made you look bad, but I think we, the way we closed kind of uh, made you look like you actually knew what you were talking about when it came Sometimes. to South Carolina. And, uh, uh, but, we, you know, we finished top four in the SEC. That's three times in the last four years that we finished top four in the SEC. Um, we, we had real good players redshirting. Uh, we lose Chris Silva and Hassani Gravit and Trey Campbell. Uh, those guys were great for us. I also think that this coming year, guy like A.J. Lawson, who, by the way, just averaged about 18 points a game, uh, leading Team Canada to the 19 and under uh, FIBA quarterfinals. And they were not, even though they won it a couple years ago, they were not expected to make it that far this year, but yet they did, and he was their best player. And, um, uh, and AJ is a phenomenal kid, uh, but we have we have uh, uh, what I think is the most talented team we've had since I've been here in the month of July from one to fifteen. And uh, as far as uh, athleticism, depth, size, strength, talent, character, uh, personality, all the things that go into being a good team, it's the best I've had since I've been to South Carolina. One through fifteen. Now, when we get to October, uh, are these kids going to be willing to, to to take it up a notch and and uh, their ability to accept roles and and learn and and we'll figure that one out when the time comes. But I can tell you right now, I'm I'm as excited as I've ever been, and it's uh, because of those kids that I get to go work out every day here in the summer. Awesome, and you got a good schedule. Uh, any other new games that have popped up from what when we talked before? No, it's uh, it's going to be just like last year, Andy. I I try to I try to schedule uh, the best I can, and I, I like difficult games. I think it prepares your team. Uh, when you survive difficult early schedule, uh, you end up being a high seed in the conference tournament in the NCAA tournament. Last year, unfortunately, uh, we didn't survive the early part of the schedule, but it prepared us to be able to succeed in the SEC and. And uh, so we just we got to figure out a way to go win some games and, you know, playing the likes of Wichita State in a neutral court and at Virginia and at Clemson and, you know, games like that. Uh, uh, it's going to it's going to really challenge our team once again. And uh, I'm excited for it. Frank, as always, love chatting with you. Uh, have a great rest of the month of July. And I know we'll talk soon. Thank you. Appreciate you, Andy. And coming up here on March Madness 365, I'll be joined by Brad Underwood, the head coach of the University of Illinois. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Illinois head coach Brad Underwood and the Illini 
Very busy this summer, practicing, getting ready for a trip for Italy. Also, University of Illinois is going to be one of the four sites for the NCAA College Basketball Academies. Uh, those being Illinois, Yukon, Houston, and Grand Canyon in Phoenix. Uh, so those are the four sites. <laughs> All right, so first, Brad, let's deal with your team. You know, every time I do a new power rating, ranking, I move you guys up. Anytime I do a ranking of players, I include Illinois players. Uh, the latest being Io DeSumo is one of my top 25 players. And I keep, I think the latest I had, I think it started at 36 in April. I've moved Illinois to 20. And who knows how high they could go by the time we actually get to playing games. So I've been on the bandwagon. I keep pushing it. Uh, what are you seeing on the ground? Uh, because you're there every day with this group. Well, I've been, we've had a great, uh, we've had a great off season. And I, I said this, Andy, immediately after our loss in the big 10 tournament, I said, you know, the, the, the one thing that excites me is you all are going to enjoy a, a very productive off season. And we were so young and, um, you know, the, the old cliche, the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. And, and although we're still a very young team, uh, we are an experienced team, and that's been evidence uh, evidence throughout the uh, the off season and being able to gradually start to work on things that uh, we never got to in our first two years. And you know, I've, I've said this: we, in, in essence, we had two first years with so many changes in, in personnel. And now this group has a better understanding. Uh, you've got the guys that have worked extremely hard in the weight room and changed their bodies. And uh, and then uh, I like our culture. I like the I like the way that 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 Io and Georgie and Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams, Andres Felice. I like the way those guys are leading and 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 the work they're putting in. And that's a great example for for our young guys and and uh, our newcomers. So I've uh, been very pleased. You know, a lot of times there's defections. If you don't make the tournament, what have you, it, it feels like you guys were untouched. You know, it feel you know for the, from the draft perspective, from transfers, all these things that could have worked against your progress uh, in year three, if I'm not mistaken, didn't happen. Why is that? Well, I, I hope it's because our culture. I, I hope it's because of the relationships that. Uh, that our staff and, and our coaches have. And, you know, we've got a wonderful university. We've got a, it's, it's a, it's a great uh, college community. It's a fun place to go to school. We've got uh, a packed house every night. Basketball is important here. So I think when you put all those things together, you get a place that's, um, that's really a good place to be. And, and uh, I think these guys got a little taste of, of what this can be last year. And, and at the end of the year, we, uh, we were we were doing some positive things. We were an NCAA tournament team. I felt like late in the year, um, and uh, and 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 its growth. So uh, I'm I'm really excited about that. And and we stayed uh, for the most most part. Our veterans are back. Our productivity is back. And yeah, we feel very very fortunate that our guys are are that committed to everything that we're doing at Illinois. All right. So as you get ready for this trip to Italy, what's either the main thing that you want to accomplish out of this or a couple other or a position or something that you want to say at the end of this trip, you know what, this is what I learned about my team. What is it? Well, I think, you know, obviously with the addition of Kofi, 
Uh, we and and we've added some size. We've got a young man from. Uh, yeah, he's a seven foot freshman, Kofi Cockburn. Yes, and then we've got a, we've got a freshman from Belgium who has been uh, uh, very very impressive in his early workouts. Tell me on and, the pronunciation, Benjamin Bosman. Yes, Bosman Verdonk. Bosman Verdonk. Okay, Bosman. And Verdonk. He, he is he is shown that he is. Uh, uh, going to be very productive, very high IQ guy. So getting, getting those guys, we're still without one freshman. That's not here uh, that, w- that we signed in Bernard Kuma, another frontline guy. Uh, we hope to have him for the trip. We'll wait and see on that, but uh, we're excited about integrating those guys. I'm excited to see Alan Griffin, Tevian Jones, guys who had great moments but I'm, I'm excited to see them take that next step. And this trip gives us a great opportunity to, uh, to do that. I'm, I, everybody knows about Trent and IO and Andres Felice and Georgie, uh, but it's that next step. And uh, uh, a guy like Kipper Nichols, who uh, had a tough, tough junior year, and I'm ready to see him bounce back and, and, and be that guy that, uh, we know he can be. So it's a big trip for us with veterans and then a couple new guys. And then, you know, we want to look at different lineups. You know, we, we weren't very big last year. Uh, we can play bigger this year. We can slide Georgie to the four and, and experiment there and uh, do some things. Benjamin, uh, again, at six, eight is a guy that uh, is a stretch four, but can also play some three so we can get really big at times. So those are things we're going to look at and we're, we're really excited about. Look, I've never been a believer uh, in covering this for 30 years, whatever it's been, and going to Wisconsin that Illinois only had to go to Chicago. I mean, I always thought that was ridiculous. I don't care what school, state you are, that you only have to go to a certain area. Your roster really uh, takes on a global perspective. You've got Illinois obviously represented, and and the Peoria area has always been a big recruiting uh, area or St. Louis, you know, for for Illinois. But, I'm, you know, I'm thinking here, you're taking a trip to Italy, and you've got, uh, you know, Felice is from the Dominican. I know he went to JC before, but, you know, you've, as you said, Benjamin from Belgium, Georgie from Georgia, uh, Cockburn from Jamaica, Kuma from Chad, uh, Sam McCain from Senegal. Uh, how much do you see this as your path that it's going to be more of a global roster going forward? Well, I think that um, I said there's there's no boundaries. You know, basketball because of, of TV now, because of social media, uh, we're not a regional sport and we have a system, as you know, Andy, and we're going to recruit to that. And, and the world, um, is, is catching us. There's a lot of very, very good basketball. I, you look no further than, than who won all the awards this year in the NBA, all foreign born for the most part, all for all foreign, all but one. Exactly. So you've got uh, you've got a lot of very good players. We have a, a an extremely diverse campus, uh, and and it, it it fits our university. And and uh, so you know we're not going to stop. Yes, do we want to take care of the state of Illinois and Chicago and recruit the best players? Absolutely, but they also have to be good enough, uh, and they also have to fit what we're doing and what our needs are at that time. So you know I've got a I've got a. A wonderful staff. Orlando Antigua has, has spent many, many years recruiting internationally as well and coaching internationally. So it's 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 drawing on their strengths and benefits. Uh, Chin Coleman has 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 some of those ties as well. So it's just fit, and uh, you know we're not going to limit ourselves to any place. Or if they fit, we're going to recruit them. 
All right, let's shift to recruiting. Just talked to your good friend, Frank Martin, and we talked about the new calendar, which we knew was going to happen. This should not be a shock to any coaches. Okay, there some are being quoted anonymously and criticizing. This is not a shock. You knew it was happening. That's number one. Number two, you know, you could argue there are new opportunities in terms of June for high schools, which we know will get better the more high school states State associations come on board. It was about 29 this year out of 50. That will increase. Uh, I get that the top 100 is not for everyone, but that was something that was not before. The USA Basketball, not for everyone. I get it, but that will happen before. When you were at Stephen F. Austin, you still had to fill 13 scholarships. So I don't get where this narrative that there there are going to be fewer opportunities for players because the scholarships haven't changed. We haven't reduced the number of opportunities in terms of actually getting a scholarship at universities across the country. It's still 13. You still got to fill them by someone. So that has not changed as we, you know, and you, and you had peach jam last weekend. So that didn't change before we get to the Academy part. What's your assessment of this year one, which clearly will be tweaked in some form, but this year one of the new calendar and the new evaluation. Well, first of all, I think it's really easy anytime that there's, there's change. I think it's almost human instinct because of maybe it's because of social media. I don't know for people to complain about it. Um, I, I think that's that's really unfair for me in our state. And I'm going to speak about the, about the state of Illinois. We put on a couple of fantastic events and it was gr- it was great for us. I like seeing young people in that scenario. I like evaluating when people are playing and competing to, to, to win. And there's, there's an agenda at the end. I think one of the things that has frustrated me over the years is sometimes we get in situations where it's just pickup games and there's nothing at stake. I, I think that's what's made peach jam and, and some of the other events so special is there's, there's a, there's a gold nugget at the end and, and that's winning. So I, I think it's, it's, it's been, it's been positive. I will say this. I think that, uh, the one thing I would be concerned about, I don't think more is always better. If you're a young coach growing up in today's business and you have a young family, knowing that maybe five of your eight weekends when your kids are off in the summer, in the month of June, June and July, you're not with them, you're, rec- you're, you're recruiting. And I think I'm very, I'm very blessed. I've been married 32 years. I've got a great family. I'm a very big family guy. I think there has to be balance. That part I don't necessarily like, but the model itself, I'm sure we'll get tweaked somewhere or somehow, but uh, I've really enjoyed the, the, the high school portion of it. Well, and, you know, that's the whole time management, and that could be a tweak thing. Uh, and when you can spend more time with your family and all that, I think that's, you know, obviously that's going to have to – be addressed in some form or fashion. The other thing is, you know, coaches were involved in the process. This is what wasn't forced down their throats in terms of what could happen. There was definitely communication with the NABC. So we'll see, you know, what happens going forward, but they were a part of the process. All right. So the Academy, which once again, let's see what happens. It is less than a year of the beginning process. And just cause I, you know, also work for the NCAA, uh, you know, covering the sport, you know, I, I, I'm going to be transparent. I mean, I know that they were under the gun to try to get this done quickly. And so I think we have to wait and see, you know, how it plays out. We've got a number of high profile former coaches who are, you know, working these camps 
from you know Tim Miles to Pete Gillen. I mean, these are name guys, you know, who yep. wouldn't just step into this without knowing that it's going to be run, you know, run well in some form or fashion. And also, it wasn't that long ago. And I said this to Frank, where we had ABCD and Nike go further back five star, where there were drills and stations, and then a collection of guys were put together on a team, and people watched it, people evaluated, it, and they recruited off of it. So it's not crazy. It's not this you know abstract thing that's suddenly being thrown upon coaches. What's your anticipation of what this academy will look like, especially uh, the one that's on your campus in Champaign? Well, Annie, it's new, and it will be a little different. So, you know, there's always going to be a lot of a lot of bantering, a lot of communication. Is this good? Is this bad? Yeah, I grew up in that generation, going to the five stars and, and playing in camps like that. There was nothing wrong with it. I think that that this will be something that will continue to get better. I think just the newness, the process of kids having to go through the eligibility center to register for this. Uh, that's something unusual that a lot of times they've had. AAU coaches or high school coaches do all of that process for them. And I think there's a, a certain responsibility for each individual to have to do those things or ask for help. And, and we heard a lot of comments that people didn't know exactly what to do or how to go about doing it. I think as everybody becomes more familiar with that and knowing that coaches can be out, I think the camp will, will, will flourish, but uh, you know, it's, it's year one and, and, you look back and start looking at what Peach Jam was year one and compared to what it is now, and, you know, it's, it's gotten better. And, uh, you know, I think this can be the same type of scenario. I, I like the, the concept and uh, think we, we, it'll continue to be tweaked, but it is new and probably mistakes will be made. But I think it'll be something that will really grow. And so on your campus, because not, you know, campus had to want to do this, uh, what's been happening on the ground there to prepare for the academy at Illinois? Yeah, it's been a lot of work, and and there's no doubt. And again, it's year one, so everything is. We're fortunate that we have everything within walking distance at Illinois, from our practice facility to our arena to to the housing to uh, the rec center. Uh, it's taken a lot of community support, uh, a lot of different entities from from the housing to the to dining, to the to the recreation center, uh, it's taken a lot of community involvement, dealing with the chamber of commerce, dealing with hotels, uh, restaurants. So it doesn't just stop on campus, but uh, you know I think it's a it's a it's a great opportunity for our community. It's a great opportunity for our Kansas. We're we're extremely proud to be uh, to be hosting, and I think we got we got a great situation, great people who put out, put in a lot of time to uh, to pull this off. And in terms of evaluating drills and then games for those six days at Illinois, how do you anticipate that going for you, your staff, and, and other schools, especially in the Midwest? Well, I'm a, we're going to go watch drills. I like seeing how kids work. I want to know how they practice. And, um, you know, I think that's something that, uh, you know, everybody's in a, in a mode where you want to see, you know, that's all we watch is games. But I also think there's a lot of character things that you can find out about a kid when you when you watch him in practice and see their willingness to listen uh their willingness to want to learn and um, we got great staffs coming in and doing all these clinics and as you mentioned and uh guys that have a lot of experience have won a lot of games and there's a lot of knowledge to 
to share with these young kids. And, and uh, so we're going to, we're going to take it all in and, you know, maybe there's not the elite elite guys coming right now, but I think there's, there's also some really, really good players that, uh, that we'll all find a, a lot more about. Brad, great to hear your voice. Glad everything is going well. And I know we will chat soon. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. Appreciate, as always, you guys listening and downloading our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, certainly through our social media accounts at NCAA.com and March Madness. Uh, We are going now 84 straight weeks strong here with this product. Hope that you are enjoying it as we cover the sport year-round, all the topics, the newsmakers, certainly uh, that highlight in college basketball from week to week. You can check out all our content. This past week, we did our top 25 player countdown. We had a look at the top 10 summer league players in terms of my top 10 summer league players from the 2019 NBA draft, college basketball players, how they performed in the summer league. That's on NCAA.com, March Madness. Uh, Did that in advance of when Minnesota was taking on Memphis in the NBA Summer League out in Las Vegas. Also a conversation with Iowa's Joe Wieskamp. You can find that on our March Madness social media platforms as well. Later this week, you'll hear from Quentin Grimes, who declared for the NBA draft, played at Kansas last season, will sit out the year, and will play at the University of Houston. That's all part of our coverage on March Madness social media platforms and NCAA.com. So, for this week's edition, appreciate it. Reach out. Let us know what you think. You can reach me at Twitter at the Andy Katz on Instagram at Instagram at the Real Andy Katz. Sounds a little pompous, but someone took it. There's an Andy Katz out there. It's not me. Uh, so, as always, appreciate the constructive criticism, debate, and digest all our content throughout the course of the week. Thanks for listening.